she knows her beauty. She learned from the dragon. She knows her beauty. Welcome to the Authentic Feminine Ecstasy podcast, a place where we explore our innate inner freedom. And today I have the pleasure to welcome Olivia Sek, which is here with us, and she's going to bring her experience around birth. She's been accompanying couples and women through the process of pregnancy, delivery, and post-delivery becoming mother, father, and how to do this process consciously. And she's been also a colleague for years, and it is for me such a poignant moment after our last episode in which we talked about death. And of course, you, Olivia, came to mind because I know that this has been your territory where you've been exploring. Yeah. Hello, Elizabeth. Very happy to be here. Really lovely to see you. Thank you for inviting me today to share this next part of the journey with you after death comes birth. So the first question I'd like to ask you, Olivia, is what makes you feel most connected to your feminine wisdom? Hmm. What makes me feel most connected to my feminine wisdom? In this moment, trust is what comes. It's when I'm in trust, that's when I feel my most connected to my feminine wisdom. Beautiful. So trust is a big word and that we flung around easily. But to stay in a state of trust, it's not so available to most of us. So the first thing that I'm thinking right now when I hear the word trust is how did you come about to accompany these women and couples and the process of birthing, which is very much a place of trust because life comes through you and you have to trust that you're going to deliver life. So I'd like to hear how this all began for you. So it began, um, in some ways, how does one really begin? You know, there's lots of strands come together, you know, from childhood, being very much around my mother, kind of the mother's helper, then as a teenager, helping families, single families, for some reason, always being in that position of supporting families in one way or another. Um, And attending my first birth when I was... 1918, a young woman who was a single mom already um, ended up pregnant and not without a partner. So I supported us at the birth. That was the first birth I attended. And it was quite shocking in a way. Um, she'd had a stillbirth before. So the whole thing was very charged and quite traumatic. And then moving forward to my own first birth, giving birth to my son and it was a home birth, which in those days, 38 years ago or so, was very much something you had to fight for. You know, uh, a home birth as your first birth was quite a, a challenge. And, but it felt like that's what I wanted. This is what my body wanted. This is what trust was asking of me in a way to trust that I could do it in that setting without, without all the 
hospital support and restrictions with it. And then really being touched really deeply by that birth, which was um, in some ways very simple and very yeah, easy in some ways, as in it was just about being with what was happening. And I had a great midwife who was there. And then my first connection with another woman in birth happened during that time. Um, a friend of my partner, who I knew but not that deeply, happened to ring the bell um, to my home when I was in labour. And she came in and stayed with me and breathed with me. And just her presence uh, as I was going through transition was just amazing. She was just there, solid, really peaceful and grounded. She'd already had a child herself. And there wasn't much being said, but her presence was just that reassuring peace and I could just go through the rides of the transition in that very peaceful place myself. So in a way, that was my first connection to woman-to-woman birthing, the mm-hmm. kind of the doula role, mm-hmm. uh, receiving it for myself. Mm-hmm. And, and I was when I received my son, it was like this massive heart opening for me. And it was just like really experiencing what love really was. And maybe that's was also one of the big calling for me of being in that place where um, where this amazing innocence that children bring, this innocent love that they bring is so special. And maybe that's what called me to being around birth and facilitating that welcoming to be peaceful and just sacred in some ways. Wow. And so, and then from then, when I had my, when I was pregnant with my daughter, and it was quite a challenging pregnancy, and then there was this this moment where I had to choose to keep her, regardless of anyone else around me. To choose, did I want to have her myself? I was was I willing to be a single parent with two children? And this yes that came um, was that took me into another part of the journey. I, after I really said yes to her and welcome to in my heart, I wanted to share that with other parents. And I, I run a workshop, my first workshop for parents, and it was called Welcoming the Gift. And it was a workshop for pregnant women that I ran with a friend of mine who became a midwife, Claire. And it was about welcoming the gift of both being, becoming a mother but also the gift that a child brings regardless of the circumstances, regardless of what, what the journey is. It's just like, being, can you welcome the gift that that child brings? Mm-hmm. So that was my first kind of movement into teaching, into running workshops for parents. And then that carried on. Eventually I became a doula and a trainer and, and run um, – I started an organisation called Radiant Mama, which was to offer support and education to mothers during the whole year, during the childbearing year, really, before, during pregnancy, during birth and after the birth, until babies were calling age. So it was a whole journey and it came from very many places. And I think, and I think, I suppose for most of us, that's, that's what the calling is, isn't it? It's many different bits of the calling that come together. 
And yet what I hear of all these different pieces was one was the survival strategy you developed from early age to be a supporter, a mother's helper. Yeah. So we we make great careers out of our, what I call our wounding, right? yeah. of our beginnings, Absolutely. the circumstances. Then I hear the trust uh, and the warrior there of fighting at that time to have a baby at home. And that's a whole subject here, but I don't want to go in there yet, that you had to fight to have what you wanted. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that really touched me, Olivia, when you started talking about love and this this experience you had when you received the gift of life, through your firstborn. And the other aspect that was really relevant for me in your story was the presence of a woman you didn't know, and yet she took the role of assisting you in something which I feel is very ancient, which is women accompanying each other on the process of giving birth before it was taken into hospitals and all this aspect that I don't want to go just yet about the fighting for you to have your baby home. So it feels like your environment brought you to a place in which you understood at a physical level, an emotional level, at a mental level, the importance of this moment. And that opened a chasm for you to begin to walk into learning to do this very same role that this woman accompanied you, that presence and that receiving, but also that love, that love really touched me. I felt the emotion come on when you talked about this love, because I also had two children. And there is something that can't be described easily, that moment when you see life in your arms that you've held for nine months in your body and that you wanted to be involved in that more. You wanted to be in the presence of that love. And and I like to open up a little bit more about, because then you talk about the gift, the receiving the gift and the radiant mama thing that you created. So what is this gift for you? What is this love? What is this thing that you wanted to be involved in and be in the presence of? The gift, well, the gifts are many, really. I don't think there is one gift. I think there are many gifts for me. Um, You know, when I received Nathan, the gift was just of being love myself, that feeling of being love and being in the presence of love in his purest form, which is something so rare. In a way, you know, for me, I suppose it's the nearest to spiritual love, to, yeah, that unconditional love. And in daily life, it's very rare to be able to experience that because we're human and as human, everything goes through the, you know, the, the lenses that we have. So that, that pure love is a very rare experience to meet and in the moment of birth, and not always, because sometimes birth uh, doesn't open the heart in that way in the first moment. Sometimes it takes a while to bond, or but sometimes 
it really is that magical place where love can be really experienced. So that's one aspect of um, of the gift. But there's also the gift of becoming a mother, which is a whole journey in itself. And for me, motherhood has been a journey. It hasn't been... Um, it's been, I've got four children and I also had two miscarriages. So I've, I've also met death in, in birth and I've met, um, and I've died in many levels as a woman. And I've been born in many ways as a woman through the journey of mothering. It hasn't been easy. Sometimes it's been incredibly tough. But it's also been for me um, the greatest spiritual journey that I've ever taken, you know, more than any gurus. For me, my children have been both my teachers, but also the inspiration to become my best self. So that's also a gift, and I'm not talking about it as a sweet gift. It's a gift of many textures, you know, sometimes so smooth and soft like a baby's skin and sometimes as rough as a hard stone, sharp edges. You know, for me, that's what, yeah, mothering has been like. But that's also been a great gift for me. So you're talking about unconditional love um, and that connects you to the beyond, the spiritual dimension. And also you're talking about motherhood as a path to to this becoming, to this understanding uh, many things, which takes you again back to love, how to be the the mother that holds qualities that perhaps for most of us we long to have a mother that held all those qualities for us, um, but not always possible because it. It transforms us, as you say, soft and it's got rough edges. And we got to be willing to meet those rough edges within us. But before we go more, because I like to talk about motherhood and this journey of becoming through through the gift of this new life that comes into us. So I like to go back to these concepts that you brought us which is this unconditional love and your experience of that as a pathway to your spirituality. And also you talked about becoming a mother. So those two things, it's something that can happen to one as we open to this process of receiving life. So what is your experience after having taught so many women and accompany women in their birth processes? What is the process that makes us mother? What is motherhood? There's something I wanted to say about um, my experience of, of motherhood as a path. And it's that even though there may be behind the motivation behind it may be love. That actually the pathway for me was more about meeting all that that is not love. That was really my journey. It wasn't, it was about 
meeting my defenses, meeting my reactions, meeting all the things that were not love, that my children were showing me, were reflecting to me, that it wasn't about this pink, everything is love, far from it. It was more, the love is what made it possible for me to go beyond, to keep meeting those difficulties, to keep meeting those things that I didn't want to be and to to support me to transform them so I could be nearer to the mother that I wanted to be. So it was very much about, for me, motherhood isn't, um, yeah, it's a, a spiritual path isn't an easy path. And in the same way, you know, I have many mothers who come to see me for, for after the birth, for birth trauma. You know, they, they've never met me before, some of them, and they, they phone me up and say, oh, we hear you doing birth trauma release work or birth healing. Can I come to see you? And one of the things that can really help sometimes in changing their own experience of birth is understanding that birth is an initiation. And that initiations are not meant to be easy. Initiation are meant to be transformed and they take you to a threshold. And then you cross that threshold, that initiation. But it's not meant to be an easy, jolly event. It's something that you prepare for, like you prepare for an initiation. But that, but when you look at it that way, there's no failing in a way, because the initiation can't be a failure, because that you've been initiated, however that happened to you. And when women can understand that, then that's the first step to be able to see birth then as the journey that follows initiation. It's the same in the same vein that you've been initiated into becoming the one who can walk the path of mothering. So this is so beautiful, um, Olivia, because in our modern culture, we don't have these initiations. I feel what you're bringing, it's perhaps a concept of the past, of women together. They knew that that was a process of uh, empowering and woman becoming more of the love she is. But once you take it out of this domain, once you take it into hospital and fear and can go, what can go wrong and the strip lights, which now is changing and the plastic gloves and the sanitization of it all, then it loses the power that it has. And that takes me back to you fighting to have a home birth because you wanted to not be taken away from that process of initiation. And you knew intuitively that there was a power in that for you as a woman. And and I think a lot of the birth traumas we go through is because that power in the woman is not there. That That possibility that she has to welcome the gift of life and it has to come through her body taking account of all the inheritance and ancestral pattern that is in her body from other women in the way that she has to. So as you said, there's no success and failure, but there is the beginning of becoming something that I feel patriarchy, among many other things, has taken away from us as women, has taken away many things from men too, but it has taken that knowing that we are the carriers of life and the birthers of life and therefore death. And every month we do that, we create a a nest and we destroy a nest. 
And this is a massive subject that I don't think we're going to go into it right now. I don't know where we're going to go because we keep feeling the way. But the, the birth as an initiation has to be something for the future that we need to take charge as women. And I feel that that's part of your work. And the initiation, um, you know, part of something that I, I teach when I, uh, as part of birth preparation, is to separate the form and the essence of what we're wanting in birth. So you could say, I wanted a home birth. And why did I want that? Because it helped me feel more connected with myself, because it made me feel that I had more control. Uh, I had more power within my own home because I liked the environment, etc., etc. And that's that was the form I wanted it to be. But the essence of what I wanted to be is I wanted to be connected to myself. Mm. Mm. And when we look at uh, initiation, often we think about this happening within a natural environment, supported in a particular way. But giving birth in hospital is an initiation. Mm-hmm. Giving birth in hospital and having to stand and fight your ground is an initiation into the warrior. Mm-hmm. Giving birth in, in the hospital and finding your fluidity mm-hmm. to be able to, to flow with what happens is an initiation to another part of you. So, yes, of course, there are optimum environments and optimum people that can support us in our initiation. But actually, the initiation itself is just the meeting of what comes or what presents itself in the moment of birth. Consciously. Whatever, Mm. consciously indeed, whatever the environment is, whatever the situation is, the initiation is, this is what it is. And when when men used to go on top of mountains and fast for several days and not know what animal was going to come, what was going to happen, the initiation wasn't, or oh, you're going to be doing this in this place. It's like, whatever you meet, this is your initiation. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's important to take it out of the kind of idealistic concept. The initiation has to be in your home birth, in your birthing pool with your candles and your favorite music and your favorite doula. Yes, of course, that's wonderful. But the initiation is just the meeting of what arises mm-hmm. and how you meet that and what, how you allow that to transform you. And sometimes that meeting is a bit like the Inanna descent. Sometimes the meeting is going into the dark places where you're stripped of everything you think you were, of everything you think you had, until you end up hanging on that hook naked. Mm. Until mm. and then you start your journey back. And that is an initiation. It's a dark, it's a painful initiation, but it's an initiation. That is what some women meet. Mm. And this is how they enter motherhood. Mm. And all of it is valid. And some of it is easier, but all of it, as far as I'm concerned, they're all initiating. We can embrace that. We can receive the gifts again. We can receive the gifts of the experience. Mm. Mm. Beautiful. All of it is valid. And within that, we have been removed from certain life cycles Patriarchy, what I mean is like when you have a dominance of disembodiment and mind, then of course women today, that's the choices they have. And the grandmothers didn't pass down the the power of birth. 
because in the power of birth, whether you birth in nature with a candle, still it could be horrific. <laughs> your baby well, die. Uh, you know, it's not. We're not talking about uh, it being pretty and nice, but we're talking is about taking charge of our power rather than it becoming. Uh, something that now is the norm, which you are not prepared as a child. You haven't seen births uh, from most women, you know, like, for example, I was in Japan. I never knew anything and I end up in the hospital. I wanted to have it home, but the, an earthquake came, many things happened and I end up. And I knew that that wasn't meant to be that way. Um, the way that it happened, the, the, the forcing injections on me to speed up the process, and it was unnatural. So natural is can be pleasant or painful. And unnatural is when we take the natural cycle and power of that being to do what it needs to do. And nowadays, uh, modern times, now we see women returning to the birth, at home and water births and doulas and all of that is an attempt to take it to the place that was original in women. We need to know, like dogs and cats, how to birth. But that's not in the arena for us, or it's becoming, thanks to people who are interested, like yourself. But what you're bringing us that for women who have this romantic idea of how they want to give birth um it's like and it doesn't work that way and they end up with a cesarean in the hospital that's not a failure that's also an initiation absolutely and sometimes absolutely. that saves their lives and it's not about the rejection of the hospitalization it's the power place that it takes in which it makes the one that goes there or the generations fearful. As you said, I had to fight to have my home birth. Why should you fight? Why should you fight anyone? Who has to tell you how you give birth? How come that we got here? That a woman is not free to choose. Maybe you want to go to hospital. That's your choice. Mm -hmm. So, but the fear is the main motivator. I go to hospital because I don't feel safe. I don't feel able. I don't trust, back to the beginning of the question I asked you, I don't trust that this doula, this midwife, this person there is going to be enough, this presence is going to be enough to make me and my baby safe. And that's or, what... Or I, I don't trust, or I don't trust my own body. Well, that's where it begins. I don't trust my own body. I don't trust my own innate wisdom i don't trust my cycle i don't know my body i don't i am not familiar with the power that it has that's and really it, the starting point of it all isn't it really exactly and i can feel i'm getting um passionate and there is emotions in me when i talk about that because i feel to me that's the last place that women had together was our cyclicity, the red tent of giving birth to each other. And when, in, you know, the scientific revolution came and the burning of the witches and the knowledge of the herbs and all that, that went away and women lost their ability to do exactly what you had at your birth. That friend that came through the door and that presence and that confidence. And I feel that that's what you've been giving or supporting women to have that back and and i feel that although we are heading that way 
maybe for the many women that are listening to us right now, um, it's it's a place I feel of returning us to our confidence in our body and our cyclicity on that love that you were talking about, that capacity to receive motherhood as a spiritual journey. I don't feel it just for you. It is a spiritual journey because what how I define spirit is energy, divine pulse in the body. And if we're disconnected, if I don't trust my body, then nothing is a spiritual journey. You know, even if I do yoga and meditate, you know, I mean, it's like it's something I do maybe to cope with my stress of not being in my body. But I'm not on a journey. I'm not in the initiation. And um, also I like that you brought, because that's what in the last episode we were talking about, this threshold. You said birth is a threshold. Yeah. And in my last episode, we were talking about death being a, a threshold. So there is a dying. And Camilla was telling us about death birth. So that the baby is birthing, but is coming from a death. And she spoke very beautifully of that. And you're, you're at the other end of what Camilla was bringing, which you are welcoming. And I don't know how many births you witnessed. You're welcoming somebody into occupying this divine pulse, this energy we are, consciousness, whatever, anyone can define it as they want, into a body. And I feel that your work, correct me if I'm wrong, is to make this arrival as conscious as possible so that that man, that woman, that couple can enter fully their trust in their body of accompanying this, this gift. Well, that's the intention of my work. It is not as easy as that um, because often, um, especially as a doula, you meet a couple or a woman quite late in the pregnancy and there is so much to cover during that time. And actually, I found it quite frustrating in the end, and I found that I wanted to be with, to journey with the couple much longer, or with the women much longer than just that maybe six weeks, two months, just before the birth. And to, to be able to really, in some ways, you know, as I was saying about myself, it's about removing the obstacles to what is already there, because the power to birth is there. The love is there. Mm. The, the inspiration, the connection is there. It is often so covered up with stuff, and the stuff can be beliefs that come from God knows what. It could be the family, it could be society. It could be um, values. It could be, you know, many things. Can be could be experiences, could be trauma that can be obscuring that power that connection, mm. that inspiration. So for me, part of my work, what part of what I would like to do more, which is why I've gone more into pregnancy coaching, wanting to have much more time with mm. uh, doing the pregnancy, looking really at pregnancy in itself as a sacred time and a time of transformation that you can really use to prepare for the initiation, but also to grow your relationship with the baby and to grow the baby consciously and to grow yourself as a mo into motherhood consciously throughout that pregnancy time. So yes, of course that that is, you know, that conscious transformation, that consciously meeting um, 
becoming a mother, becoming a father and meeting the baby and meeting the consciousness is very much my intention. And it does take time. That's my, that's my sense, which is why I'm really going into using the pregnancy at that time feels so important to me. So, I mean, you are telling us that it's already innate in us. The love is there, the power is there, and there are things obstructing that innate wisdom to give birth, to accompany, to prepare for this initiation as a single man or as a couple. You're saying it's not long enough than that, the last two months, but you need more time. That's why you've gone into a couple's pregnancy, couple's coaching. And you also said that there was so many things to go through. Can you tell us a little bit about what are those things that you need to go through, that a couple needs to go through, that a woman needs to go through to recover this innate capacity to go through this initiation and receive the gift? So working with fear, working with transforming our fears, naming our fears, exploring them, transforming them, because I feel that when you're able to meet your fear, you can let it go. And when you can let it go, you can actually focus on what you're wanting to create. So for me, there is both the intention, having a clarity of intention, and looking at fear. Both those things are important. And there are many ways of working with fear. Um, and I have, you know, a whole process that I use to do that, which I'm happy to share with people, you know, not in this podcast, but, you know, um, in other ways. But essentially, it's about being willing to examine, to name, and to sometimes feel, name, and allow transformation to happen. So you said two things that were important. One is fear, and to name, feel, and allow yourself to be in relationship to that fear that's there. And what was the other thing that was also very important that you'd like to mention? It's having a clear vision of what you're wanting for the birth. And that vision being, um, or for your pregnancy, actually, first of all, for your pregnancy, how you'd like your pregnancy to be, and then how you'd like your birth to be. And not in a, a kind of um, spiritual supermarket type thing, you know, I want it, I'm going to, put an order in and it's going to be delivered. I don't mean in that way. What I mean is really engaging with what your heart really wants underneath the conditioning. So, for example, when you say about women going into hospital because they don't feel safe, um, it can also be the other way around, that women can choose to, to birth at home but actually they're, they're feeling safe in hospital. So they think they want to birth at home because the culture around them is telling them to birth at home. But actually, when they really look into themselves, they may feel, I would like to birth in hospital, really. So the two, the two aspects that I feel are really important is what one is what are we wanting to move away from? which is what the fears are. Fear, the, the energy of fear is something we don't want to meet, we don't want to see, we want to move away from it. And so it's changing that towards what do I want? What do I want to move towards? 
which is the other energy. So what, what have I wanted to move towards, whether it's in my pregnancy, in my birth, in my relationship? What have I wanted to move towards and what am I trying to not experience and need to look at? That's the two energies, basically, that I'm talking about. Okay. So you're forwarding this as something very key for a couple or for a woman to establish in this walking towards the initiation that she is going to have. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so in that case, when you say that, uh, we need to peel through all the sort of, you talked earlier about the spiritual supermarket, um, of the ideas that's been conditioned, whether they are kind of like alternative ideas of home birth and pool and all of that, uh, which is kind of coming from the mind, but actually what she really longs for is the safety of the medical um, system to, to hold her. And that there is no preconceived uh, outcome. It's got to be what's real for oh. each person and, and for each woman. And that's what somebody outside, like yourself, can accompany them to, to make that clear. And, and in that checking in, it's, for me, is to include both the vulnerable side of themselves as well as the powerful side of themselves. Often women put themselves into camp. So uh, if I'm a powerful person, I'm going to be birthing this way and I'm going to write my whole, whole birth plan from that, from that point of view of being a powerful person. If I'm a vulnerable person, I'm going to be visualizing myself birthing that way and I'm going to put everything into, into that motion. When for me, women are both have the power of the goddess and also the vulnerability of being human. And when we create a perception of ourselves that's so whole, then we can create an experience that includes both those aspects of us. So it mm. might be, for example, for somebody, they may feel they need to be in a birth center addressing their vulnerability to have the support of some medical support there in order to access their parcel. Mm. Yes. When I tell me, rather than feel, if I'm going to a birth center, I'm being weak because mm. I'm not choosing to birth at home, for example. Not at all. Yes. Or it's like sometimes taking care of our ability makes it possible for us to fully access our power in another way. This is beautiful, Olivia. This is so good, you know, peeling through because right now we are in the times we are in which high technology and hospitalization of birth has been there for a long time over 80, 90 years. Um, and that takes me, when you talk like that, takes me about Japan, which is where I was when I was pregnant. And I wanted to have uh, a home birth uh, with a, a, a midwife, a Japanese woman that was old and had delivered so many babies. But by the time I got there, it was not allowed. They weren't allowing them anymore to perform this. So I've managed to find one secretly and paying a lot of money for her to assist me because it was illegal, right? So I had it all set up. And for me, my powerful place was very clear that I wanted what I wanted. But then there is destiny. And destiny, that is, again, that's going to another layer 
of what we think we want, whether from the power and other vulnerable, which I love this inclusion of the goddess, the opening our gate to receive life, and then the human woman with all the conditioning. Then there is the destiny. And in my case, there was an earthquake. There were the students that I had there at the time, they begged me to go to hospital. They, the, the midwife got scared. She never arrived. So I had to end up in a hospital giving the most um, technological birth possible, you know, at the time. Although they, they don't believe in Japan at the time in epidurals and painkillers and cesareans and all of that, because they train girls from nine years of age to watch births, which is very interesting at school. Um, but yes, they do believe in the technology of moving it fast. So it, there's lots of people and you have to kind of move in a conveyor belt of birth. And so for me, because I was slow, it was my first one. They thought, oh, she's taking too long. And we, they gave me an injection that they almost killed me and the baby because I just ripped my body in seconds and the baby almost fell on the floor. So I'm bringing this story because that is the the destiny of what the type of initiation we need yeah despite my vulnerability there wasn't much vulnerability in fact i wanted to have my baby alone with my partner and i had studied and looked at all the videos on the subject and i felt i could do it but my partner said no let's have somebody else in and that's how we got into but she couldn't speak any english yeah so there was a language barrier completely. And so my human vulnerability wasn't in the picture. And yet, life had its own way with me and with the baby and with the situation. So, Enrique, I can ask you did you feel that you were still, in, in some ways, connected to your innate power when you were in the hospital? Well, yes and no. Um, when before I got there, I had this vision of an injection, and I said to my partner, "Please don't let." I didn't know what the injection because I was guaranteed that there was no. It was all natural, <laughs> natural meaning no painkillers. I was strapped. I was the strip lights, the rest of it, and I and I said to my partner, "If they want to put me an injection, say no." And when I was in full contraction, they came with the, the injection and my partner didn't know at the time and he said yes. So I felt the straps, the position, the environment, the taking my choice away was not being in my power. I couldn't exert my power. And when, when the baby was born, then they took him away because they said I needed rest and I was, and he was put into these rooms with um, sugar water, you know, where all the other babies were. And I stayed awake. I couldn't rest. I won. And in that moment, I realized what was taken away from women. What our and that was earlier on why I felt so emotional and so passionate mm -hmm. about the hospitalization of birth, not as a something to support that freedom and that power to women, but to take away the power. And that's the, the downside. So 
And um, how, how was that a reflection in a way of your life? Where did that fit into your life? Or what did that realization bring? Or what did that initiation actually bring you? It wasn't, you know, as you wanted it in any way. What what did the what did bring you? What or what was it the result of, or what was it the birth of? The empowerment of women. And here I am. This is my work. The empowerment of men and women. The empowerment of a human being taking back their innate intimate freedom, their power that is there, embodying consciousness in the body. That which was already there before. That's why I had the confidence to, to, I was in total trust, which is your first word. I said, what connects you to your feminine wisdom? And you said, trust. And for me was that trust of being a carrier of life. I had all my life and there I was trusting to do this. And then whoop, it was taken away. And then I said, okay, this is my passion. This is what I'm here. But it wasn't like a, a conscious mind thing. Of course not. And, and initiation isn't a, isn't a mind thing. And no. initiation is actually, it's like a whole being somehow. Yeah. There's yeah, something that, that happens to your whole being that is transformed in that moment. It's like, and you just went, okay, here it is. The, the path ahead of me is now really so much clearer. And I do these initiatory journeys with women, and they take a they take nine months to a year. Just I'm just I'm just realizing all this because of your question. Yeah. And uh, and they are about giving them the map of the elements in the body to be able to head towards an initiation. And what is the initiation to birth themselves? into the power and beyond all the program what you, all the conditioning all the fears no i'm 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 like this i'm like that and no 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 to just birth themselves to the magnitude as a human being that we can carry if we let go of the program so i'm continuously after nine months of taking this women of journey witness their birth and some births are very painful and some births are still births and then they have to do it again. And mm -hmm. some births are not going, they're abortions. They're not ready because mm -hmm. we got to get ready for that initiation. And each one is in their own timing, like in real life, you know, there is still births and there is um, painful births mm -hmm. and there is very um, celebratory births. And I feel that, I don't know, I would like you to answer this as our last question um do you feel that over your years of two decades of accompanying women men into these initiations collectively we are more respectful and there is more facilities for women to take that power back yes i think there is more there's more possibility for it there's there's so much more knowledge of how to there's so much more support there's also even the system there's so many more people wanting it to change also within the system as well and of course there are still you know mm. big challenges mm. to meet but i do feel that the possibility is greater and so what is the importance of this initiation 
of the woman and the man who are in that connection and have done their work of acknowledging what they're pushing away and being clear about what they want. How does that benefit the new life? Because obviously, you know, the parents are portals to this new life. Do you feel it has any impact on the baby, the way we birth and the way that the couple is ready for this or the single woman is ready for this initiation? Well, the baby is impacted from the beginning. The baby is impacted from the moment, even before probably, but certainly from the moment baby enters the womb, baby is impacted by the mother, by the father, mostly by the mother, but certainly by the father as well. And... Yes, there's a massive impact, massive impact all throughout the pregnancy, massive impact through the birth, massive impact for, on a physiological, on a, on a spiritual, on, on an emotional level. The baby is being partly created by that journey that the parents are undertaking. So for me, it's a really such an important thing to be aware of this life that we're carrying, to be aware of the impact we're having mm-hmm. on the baby and what and the possibilities that we are creating for this baby to be all that he or she is. Mm-hmm. To me, that's that's really important. Yeah. And you know, and I remember one of Carmela's um, really wonderful statements during your last interview, when the baby her baby said, Please help me remember, help me not forget who I am. And, you know, in order for this to happen, firstly, the parents have to remember who they are. Because if you don't know who you are, if you are lost yourself, how can you not lose, how can your child not lose its, its connection to its soul, to the greater, to all that he can be? So first of all, you know, the parents need to really take charge and take ownership of who they are. And then to truly value this new life, not as their child, that they own, not as, but this new life that's emerging, and to, to be aware of the many ways they are about to um, start spreading stuff over the light of this child, unless they are consciously helping themselves and the child remember who they are. So here we are, Olivia, uh, coming to the end of this interview with the possibility for all of us to remember the gift of life and that us women and men, we are portals for that and that we need to prepare so that this child, this new life, that's going to be an adult and impacting the world in how he's going to run his affairs, how he's going to be in this world of ours, which it seems like is hanging on a thread right now, um, to facilitate them to know that what the gift they are and to carry it with such honor, respect and wisdom so that they can carry on bringing it through in the, the collective. And this is a nice dream uh, because as we look around right now, it doesn't look that way. It looks like most of us are in a state of sleep 
um, especially our politicians and all the people <laughs> and all the people in power are not able to hold this gift of life in a way that we can be together um, create as creators. So, but anyway, even, if the, even though you know the the outside world might not reflect that, each person mm. takes their responsibility for themselves for their baby is one step. You know, there's this these stories, and there of the star, the starfish on the beach. There's this man walking along, and there's a a child that's throwing starfish back into the beach, and the beach is covered in starfish, and this child just throws each one into the beach. And the man says, but you're wasting your time. Why are you doing that? There's hundreds, thousands of starfishes on this fish. What are you doing? And the, the child says, for each one, it makes such a difference. And that's all we can do. For each child, for each pregnancy, for each child that we care for in that way, with honour and respect, of really trying our best to let their light shine support them for the light to shine you know it might not be we're not changing the whole world but each one lights a light in the world this is such a good moment with this story to close our conversation about what this child said because it makes such a difference to each one and doesn't matter how the external circumstances reflect or not that gift of life. The important thing is that for each one of us and us as parents to make sure that we throw our star into the ocean. So, and it makes such a difference, even if it's just one. It's one. So, Olivia, it's been such an intense journey for me to have this conversation with you because it's brought me to my own birth initiations and memories of my own birth, which I'm not going to open here, and me giving birth. And it's such a emotive conversation to be having. Mm -hmm. um, so I thank you for all your jewels that you brought us and your experience and your commitment to this throwing stars <laughs> in the ocean. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to maybe have another interview at some point and going deeper to some of the subjects we have touched here. So thank you for being with us. And thank you so much, Elizabeth, for welcoming me, for exploring together, and also for being willing to share of yourself and your journey which now other people listening can really benefit from hearing about as well. So thank you for being willing to do that. So beloved listeners, thank you for being here with us, with Olivia and all this passionate subject of our arriving into the world. And I look forward to being with you in the next episode. And in the meantime, please take a look at the link below and you can find out more about Olivia and all the wonderful things that she's sharing with other couples, with other women to bring these births into the true gifts that they are. Thank you for listening. Mm -hmm.